Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Ah, yes. Ben and Skin Show 105.3 The Fan. Thanks for rolling with us today. Coming up next, KT goes behind enemy lines. He is uh, on Philadelphia Radio. And uh, we will uh, find out how that went with uh, some Eagles blowhards. But we always feel like we have the job that benefits most from the bravery and courage of our first responders, of our military. We just sit in front of a microphone and goof off together. And that's the ultimate freedom. And so for anybody out there who bravely goes out there into the world to fight for that freedom, we feel like the least we can do is open up our radio station and make it accessible to those guys at any point for anything they have going on. And one of those guys who we absolutely love is John Wayne Walding, who joins us now in studio. John, how you doing, brother? I'm just living the great American dream, Ben. How are you? Well, John, you've been on our show before. You are a guy who was named after John Wayne and born on the 4th of July and a Green Beret. I mean, you are, I'm staring at an American flag when I look at you. You're a true hero. <laughs> we love you. Thank you for your service to our country, man. And uh, we just think you have an amazing story. So thank you for coming to join us in studio. Oh, you're worth it. And, and the joke I always say is when people introduce me, you know, John Wayne Green Beret is, you know, sorry I'm not taller. And <laughs> and you actually make me wish I was shorter. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's uh, right. an incredible, incredible but, life that you've led so far with uh, a lot more to go. Yeah, and giving you a hug uh, is like hugging a rock. I mean, you're like made of rock. Um, let, let's go back to, to 2008, to the bat, to the Battle of Shock Valley. For those that don't understand, uh, put this picture in the frame for us. Explain what happened on that day in 2008. Absolutely. Well, I was uh, very fortunate to be on a, a team with some great Americans, some absolute wonderful soldiers. And I'm just a very – this is not my story. This is yes. my team story, right? I'm just a very, very small – uh, a part of that story, but uh, o- Operational Detachment Alpha, ODA-3336, it was the the team, was my team name of Green Berets. And on April 6th, we went up against, uh, it's about 10,000 feet above sea level, you know, is in April, right? So at 10,000 feet, you've ever been at that elevation in that spring, it's 30 degrees up there. And, and it's very, very rocky, it's very mountainous terrain. And and the bullet points are, you know, 15 Americans, you know, went up, along with about 30 other uh, uh, Afghani counterparts. Well, we went up against 250 uh, insurgents, and after six and a half hours, there were 70 danger close to airstrikes. We had the Medal of Honor that was awarded, and we're just about to have another Medal of Honor that was awarded. The Air Force Cross was awarded eight silver stars, eight purple hearts, but most importantly, zero Americans killed. You know, zero Americans <laughs> would die after going against that long for that fight. And uh, again, it's just a, a testament to the 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 war fighters that we have out there that we will fight until the death for the person to our left and right and and again I'm just humbled and blessed to be a, a small part of that team. Now was that the uh, battle that also changed your life physically forever moving forward? If you would tell us a little bit about that. Yes, sir. Well, about halfway through the battle, you know, uh, we were initiating Operation Human Shield, as I called it. We had two SF guys that were were hit, uh, Dylan and Luis, and. And uh, I came back down from my position to, again, pretty much catch the bullets so the medic can keep them two alive. And and I never will forget moving from one position to the next, and I felt something hit me in my right leg. 
I fell forward, then rolled over, and my leg was just hanging by a uh, 45 you know degree angle, just by an inch of flesh. Well, that hurt, right? And, and I never will forget the, the 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 magnitude of what that did. I didn't just grab my green beret and tell my sergeant I'd had time to bleed. I did what any American, what any human would do. I screamed, I cried, I did the the best that I could to compose myself. That my leg is falling off, and now I'm bleeding to death. And and, and uh, fortunately, like I said before, I had some great brothers next to me, and David Sanders. He, you know, helped put my tourniquet on, and we got that taken care of. And oh, uh, oh, oh. And, and with all due respect, yeah. Uh, I don't mean to interrupt, but there's more details to it than that. Uh, you, you're tough as nails, and so you you could put the tourniquet on, and and you said we handled that. You, my understanding is you doubled your leg over uh, behind your thigh, tied it off with a belt, and kept fighting. Well, if you want to put it that way, yeah, yeah, we did. We took care of it. I I, I just thought like a splint, right? I need to splint this because every time I would move, it felt like it re-injured the the, the injury, and and uh, so I just grabbed my my leg, what was left of it, I just folded inwards into my, you know, my growing, which I said crotch on national TV. My wife loved that one, by the way. I never <laughs> will forget. NBC Nightly News guy had a camera in front of my face, you know. He's like, so what? tell me what you did, Mr. Walden. I'm like, well, I'm a redneck. So I'm like, well, I put my boot in my crotch, you know. But uh, anyway, not the uh, sidebar. How, how much longer did you fight after doubling your leg over behind your leg? That was about halfway through, so six and a half hours, about three more hours, wow. you know, and, and uh, we started dropping danger close airstrikes. When I say danger close, I mean 1,000-pound, 2,000-pound bombs were fine, you know, dropping, you know, within 100 yards from our location, which, to put it in perspective, the closest you're supposed to be for a 2,000-pound bomb is about 1,000 meters, right, over 10 football fields stacked end to end or a major terrain feature in between you. Well, they're dropping them 100 yards on top of our heads God. to, to uh, stop them from fighting. And, and when that bomb would drop, literally, you know, like the, what's the Battle 300 where the arrows blacked out the sun? You know, it, it would get dark for a little bit because of all the debris. And, and uh, during that cover, that's when we would actually fall off the backside of the mountain. You know, there are 15, 20-foot cliffs that we had to, oh. you know, literally scoot and then either get lower down or, or just, you know, literally fall off the back to the base of the mountain. And first medevac bird came in, pilot got shot. I never will forget, we got drugged through the river in the middle of this wadi, which is a valley. I don't know why you change continents. A valley turns into wadi. But hmm. we're in the you know, middle of this valley, and the uh, helicopter's coming down, and um, he flies away. We actually have audio of the the pilot screaming. He says, I'm hit, I'm hit, I'm going south. And so he flies away. We're in the middle of the landing zone. We're getting shot up again. We had to get drugged back through the water to the base of the mountain. The second medevac bird comes in, which was just a you know a UH-60 Blackhawk helicopter with some SF guys on there. And they just got off, and we got on. I could hear the rounds impacting the helicopter as we were trying to get on there. And we lifted off, and, and it was great. Everything was good. But within five minutes, we had to do an emergency landing because that aircraft couldn't make it to the hospital because, you know, so I'm like, great. Thanks, baby Jesus. You know, <laughs> got gunshot, uh, you know, hypothermia from the river. Now I'm going to die in a helicopter crash. But we made it out of there, and, and uh, that's whenever I got to the hospital. You know, died a couple times, but I came back, and, and uh, here we are. So when uh, it, it's such a, a crazy scene that you're describing, I mean, you live this, and I'm trying to imagine this. When they're coming in and they're dropping the bombs to basically get you guys out of there, are they doing that haphazardly? How strategic is that? Because how could they know possibly where every one of you guys are? Well, they know where we are because of radio communication, and we can send up white smoke and let them know, you know where we are, but they don't know where the bad guys are. That just shows the bravery of these pilots that are you know, flying these helicopters into these, you know, these dangerous combat zones. I, just, I have the absolute utmost respect. 
I would rather be on the ground, you know, shooting at the bad guy than just be in the air in this big old elephant with rotors that's very easy to be, you know, a, a target. But they just came in, and, and just like the story says, the first pilot got shot, the second bird got shot down, and, and uh, but they still came in and got it. Well, first and foremost, we're talking to John Wayne Walding. Thank you for sharing the story again. And again, uh, for, for us knowing you for a while, the last thing you ever want to talk about is yourself. Right. Uh, you're the first one to always talk about your brothers. And, and Well, I'm not uh, that important anyway. I'm just a redneck well, from Grosbeck. You're, right? very, There's you're, not much. You're, you're very important to us. <laughs> There's a lot cooler people than me. Uh, you mean the world to us and, and our listeners and our country. So first of all, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your courage. You're worth um, it. And I want to ask you about this. Now you, 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 you lost your leg. And then you became a certified sniper, which I believe you're the first Green Beret to ever do that Correct. after you've lost your limb. Uh, and then you decided, oh, what the hell, I'm going to be a marathon runner. And then after that, you said, that's not enough. Now you run these death march marathons where you actually run a marathon, but you have to carry a bunch of weight around? I get bored easy. <laughs> Yeah, it's so, uh, probably hard to gain a thrill after everything you've been through. How do we create another thrill? Right, here? right. My wife hates that too because always, whenever she's worried about us being late to church or whatever, I'm like, babe, we're not getting shot at. What's wrong? You know? It's like that's not going to work anymore. Okay, you know? okay, uh, okay. Uh, you know, and one of the things in visiting with you or Ryan Birdman Parrot or, or some of the the many of uh, our listeners and friends that have you know dedicated their lives and made these sacrifices to protect our freedom. Is that there? You know, once you come back mm-hmm. from fighting, we have some things we need to do better for you guys. Uh, there's a lot we need to do better, and and there are some awesome charities. And not to take anything away from any charities, we've always heard. And I'm, I'm I may be speaking out of turn, so feel free to slap me. Just don't do it very hard. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I've always heard that some of these military charities are not fully vetted, or maybe some of them are not as good as you would want them to be. And and again, I say that with a grain of salt. But right. it, it is is that accurate it is i mean it's but it's like that everywhere there's great americans in this country and there's people that you would probably not want to be the face of our country the same thing with the charitable organizations not just on the veteran aspect but you know the the the, some of the big names i'm not going to name any but you know some of the big names out there when you actually do your research not much money goes to the actual products and services and so you know the veteran side is is not uh, immune to that as well but i would I'm an optimist guy, and and but the, the the facts do show that the vast majority of them really are are trying to do the right thing. And, and there's over forty two thousand, forty three thousand veteran, you know, five hundred one c three registered uh, uh, charities in the veteran market. So there's wow. a whole lot out there uh, to, uh, to 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 go through that and, fi- and vet and make sure they're doing the right thing. Well, uh, and we're talking to John Wayne Walding here on the Ben and Skin Show, one hundred five three The Fan. He has been on the show before. Uh, it's nice to have him on again. Um, so I think this is a good way to talk about live to give, which I'm holding right now. And that is, uh, well, why don't you describe what this is? Yeah. Well, the, I'll start by saying, you know, Ben, whenever you said, thank you for your service, you know, I didn't say you're welcome. I said, you're worth it, right? You're worth fighting for you, not America, you Americans. That's what I like to let everybody know that this country is the best country that's ever happened to this planet in its existence. And it's because of the people inside it, the American people. And they are why I serve. They are why I deploy. They are why I sacrifice the holidays. They are when given the opportunity will absolutely come through every single day. And that's what we're providing with Live to Give. We're giving everyday Americans the opportunity to give back daily. Hmm. And that's just by buying water. So it's a bottled water company. Uh, We're going up into the enhanced water uh, uh, space. And every bottle that you buy, 
we are going to give half the net profits to veteran and first responder charities that are vetted through us. Half. Like half, absolutely. Let me, let me just say, too, is I'm, I'm holding a bottle right now, and it'll be easy to see on the shelves, but it, it says your purpose here on the bottle. Live to Give provides you with American-made supplies while giving back 50% of profits to vetted charitable organizations aiding veterans, first responders. And it's it's all right here on the bottle. So when you go into the store and you see it and there's, you know, eight or nine different water bottles there in front of you, you know the choice to make. It's pretty easy, man. We all need water. And if you can Absolutely. drink water while helping out the cause, it's kind of a no-brainer. How awesome is that? It's How the best. awesome is it to know that you're going to buy water and change lives? Like, that's, that's why I'm here. I'm not here because I'm trying to make, again, we're giving half of it to charity, right? I, I'm here to know the lives that we're going to change. I mean, that's the reality. For me, losing my leg, I've been involved with a bunch of different charitable organizations that have just fundamentally changed my life for the better. And to be able to give back and provide Americans the opportunity to keep changing lives. Like, I, I, I don't... I don't like it when we say we're giving to charity because that really tells you nothing, right? Well, here's a, an actual fact of, a, of what a charity did. There was an, a Green Beret that actually got blown up, and because of his injuries, they couldn't uh, have a kid, right? They, they had problems with conceiving a child. Well, TRICARE doesn't pay for any uh, uh, in vitro process, but this charitable organization actually funded that, and because of that, they have a child now. Hmm. Imagine the, the magnitude of what that does to your life, and everyday Americans are going to – absolutely be able to say they were part of that by buying water buying live to give it's going to it's on amazon right now we got 20 ounce and and, and one liters right now and uh, by all means this is for first responders too right we have the national first responder day that's coming around october 28th and, and uh right now on social media we're trying to do the largest ever thank you card right because yes we we uh, veterans protect you from the the home front. Well, they protect you in the home front, right? The 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 law enforcement, the firemen, and EMS are those that are here every single day. They go to work, they sacrifice every day, and we want to say thank you to them. Last year, they actually signed the first ever National First Responder Day. Right? We have Veterans Day, Memorials Day. Well, October twenty eighth is the first ever National First Responder Day. So what we're doing, we want a million signatures. We want a million Americans to come and sign digitally. Sign. We didn't want, we're not asking any money from you. We're not asking anything. Just sign this card to tell these uh, firemen, EMS, and, and law enforcement officers that we got your back. We thank you for your service. And, and uh, I'm just excited to see how many we get. You know, hopefully we can blow that out of the water. So let me get this straight. Is this live to give bottled water? Is it more expensive than other waters or is it about the same? That's the great purpose of this. No, it's the same product, same price, same everything, same experience for you, the customer, other than you know whenever you look at that bottle of live to give, we're going to give half back. We're the one sacrificing, not you. So you're saying, okay, as a company, we're and we're just like every other water company, but we're going to take half our proceeds. Absolutely. And we're going to go donate. And, and I feel good about it knowing that you're there, you're in charge. You're saying, hey, I'm going to go make sure these are worthy charities. Absolutely. And we've already partnered with three of them. So there, you know, we have to, uh, there, there's three different aspects. First of all, it's very hard for a for-profit, which we are for-profit, right? Uh, just we're giving half of our profit away. Yeah. And, uh, to, to uh, market with charities, it's very difficult from the legal aspect. You have to have co-ventures. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. Mm -hmm, sure. But because of the, 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 the problems we, uh, or the, the red tape, we partner with three. First of them, uh, the first one is Folds of Honor. Uh, they give uh, uh, scholarships to children of the fallen and wounded. I'm sure if you've, you've heard of them, they're great. Major Dan Rooney is a great guy, great mission. We love everything that they're doing. They've already partnered with Budweiser to do their thing. So we knew that they had experience in the space of, of partnering with a, a drink company. Uh, the second one, which is near and dear to me, they're actually a local company here, Task Force Dagger. 
Task Force Dagger is the 911 for special operations. Okay. So whether that's Rangers, Green Berets, Navy SEALs, Marine Recon, Delta Force, you know, SEAL Team 6, whatever, all the, all the cool guy hat, right? Anytime they ever get uh, need assistance, Task Force Dagger is the 911 uh, for them. And they're here locally, by the way. So that, that's a great, you know, charity starts at home. So yeah. we like to start with a local chapter. And the third one is a great uh, organization it's called the Chive Charities. Uh, if you know the Chive Media Group, you yeah. know they're very successful. Obviously, you know, reached two hundred million eyeballs, right? Mm-hmm. Very, very successful in in doing that. But they wanted to uh, do more, and they started a charity called Chive Charities that gives to veterans, first responders, and to uh, ch- uh, kids with with disabilities. And, and that's something that obviously, with the first responder need, was hard for us to find a charity that one was national, right? Because we want to help everybody, and and, and two either helped uh, or helps both firemen and first responder and EMS, and that's what they did. And we're just excited to have them behind us and excited to see the good that we're going to do. Okay, live yeah. to give. Live to live give. Live to give. And, uh, it's a great-looking bottle, baby. It is. And if somebody out there is listening right there, now they're saying, all right, I'm in. So they can go to any local grocery store. They need to go online. They go to a website. How do people find out more? How do they get their hands on this butter bottle? So they can give fifty percent of their water purchase. Well, right to now we're on we're on Amazon.com. So uh, okay. go on Amazon, and that that's definitely the way to get get to us right now. Uh, we're we're trying to get into to stores. Come to find out, it's a little harder. It, it may be easier to fight the Taliban than it is to get in, <laughs> into a grocery oh, store. Man. Holy cow! I had no idea. You know, like what do I got to do around here? Yeah. But, You're doing uh, a great thing. What are we doing here? <laughs> exactly. you don't, What's your freedom worth? Dear right. retailer, listen up. This is kind of a layup here, yeah. you morons. This is the uh, easiest decision What of are all we time. doing? Hey, do we want to carry this water and give half the proceeds to know, military man, gentlemen? I'm, I'm not really for the troops. Uh, I'm kind of. I want these water execs to get rich. I don't yeah. want to help them. I mean, what are I, we I, doing? I'll give them an extra leg if they want it. Come on, I got plenty. <laughs> oh, no. You're going to have to. No, we need you no. to keep one of your but legs. That, yeah, so we're, we're trying to get into We're talking to a lot of the major retailers right now for both the C store and and the, the grocery and everything but uh hadn't got in yet but we're going to man we're proud to even know you proud to be in i know that look he immediately gets uncomfortable he doesn't yeah. want to talk about himself i'm, uh, I'm gonna do some push-ups later i'm inspired uh, man we love you thank, thank you, you for everything we're grateful you have we have your back on anything you do any charity anything you got going you have this radio station at your disposal. You just tell us what you need. We got you. And you're worth it. God bless you. Hey, hold Thank on. What is a it. social media account? Do you have something that you can put out there? Because people are tweeting in. And yeah, what do they want to find? It is it uh, the Drink website? Live to Give is, is our social media account. Drink Live to Give. Drink Live to Give. Drink Live to Give. We'll put that out there on our social media as well. We'll get right. all the websites out there. But again, if you want to support John Wayne Walding in this water and our military, then go to Amazon and buy you some Live to Give water. Thank you for your time. Thank you. All right, there he goes, John Wayne Walding. What a badass. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right. Thank you, Shippy. It's the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. A lot of folks hitting us up on the Autoflex leasing fan text, 877-881-1053. If you jumped in in the middle there and didn't hear that, that is John Wayne Walding. And again, the uh, the bottled water is called Live to Give. Uh, and, you know, it's so funny. Because all this stuff is, you know, we're, we're rolling in on election season and 
there, you're going to see all these debates and people talking. It's a really very simple thing to improve the life of others to take. We're not talking about 50% of revenue. We're talking about 50% of profits, right? Mm-hmm. And so as we get in here and we have all these discussions, this isn't, this is like pro capitalism, baby. We're talking about 50% of profits. How greedy do you need to be? It drives me crazy. And I know a lot of our listeners have been affected by this where they work for a corporation and the corporation lays off people because the profits aren't as high. Not they're losing money. The profits aren't as high. And that is just the embodiment of greed. And so if you can still make money and greatly improve people's lives, that should be the goal for everybody. We're not asking you to go into the red here, right? We're asking you to continue to make money, but some of that money you make is going to benefit all these other people. It's just such a no-brainer. So you're going to hear a lot of people barking and talking loud and all this rhetoric. It ain't that hard. You just got to be willing to do it. Um, All right, we're going to get into the NFL officiating situation coming up at noon. Dean Blandino will join us, and that's always good. Going to get into the Jason Garrett conversation that was so lively on the morning show today. You had uh, Mike Fisher in for RJ, who is recovering from strep, and it was uh, you know a really good conversation. We'll get into the Jason Garrett, what's his value, how did the people around the league feel about him, coming up at 1140. But this morning, our own Kevin Turner fun tweets got up early. And as he is apt to do whenever we play the Eagles, he went on the whip. That's a lot of good stuff there. And talked to that giant cartoon calzone, uh, Angelo Cataldi, who sounds exactly like Family Guy. Ah, it's a lot of good stuff there. He's a bomb. Fire him. Whenever he does that long, he's thinking of the next word to say. But um, how did it go this morning, Kevin? I mean, I'll let you guys be the judge. I don't know. I'd like to comment on my own interviews. I mean, uh, I think I rocked it out. But uh, hold on, did <laughs> you did you sell out and did you go pro Eagles or did you get in his face and tell him the Cowboys are the greatest team in the history of ever? You know, I thought real hard about this because I was thinking I could do a bit. I could uh, I could get the Cowboys back and really shove it in the face of Eagles Nation, but my vibe is that Cowboys fans are pretty down on things right now. Mm-hmm. So I didn't feel like that was the right thing to do. Lewis! But I made sure Lewis. not to go pro-Eagles either. So, uh, yeah, just, just, I, I said, you know what? Just go be yourself. Answer the questions honestly. And uh, here's how I was introduced as – well, yeah, here's the intro. Let's play that first. Cut we, I don't have in front of me the information on oh. Kevin Turner. Could you please identify yes. – oh, I got it right here. No, yeah. He's from 105.3, the fan in Dallas. This is the finest talk show host in Dallas, which is like being the uh, the, the tallest midget in the circus. (laughs) But he is terrific. And his name is KT. Hi, KT. Hey, how's it going, Angelo? Thanks for having me on again. Oh, my God. (laughs) Hi, KT. That is such an amazing drop forever. Forever. You know what? I love Cataldi and I love the whip because of all the great drops they give us. Yeah. Hi, KT. Hi, KT. (laughs) He's so excited. He's like a big old dog wagging his tail. Hi, KT. Maybe he's an animated dog coming jumping up as you walk in the door. (laughs) If you could like put a vocalizer on a dog, if KT gets home and his dog's wagging his tail, that's what it this is exactly what KT's dog would say when KT gets home. Hi, KT. (laughs) Hey, dog. (laughs) All right. I can't do it. But to make it more fun, it'd be great if it was actually just like a hamster with that giant voice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thanks next for having me on again. 
Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me. I was real tired too. It was 7 a.m. Uh, next cut, Shippy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what these cuts are, so go ahead. <laughs> What's the mood in Dallas after street three straight losses, including to the Jets? I mean, the the city the the city's on fire. The, the everyone wants Jason Garrett's head cut off. Wow. So you, you you're killing him yourself right now, Kev? Oh my God, yes! I have for five years. It's time. <laughs> All right, what are the specific uh, criticisms of the coach of the Cowboys, uh, Jason Garrett? Okay, so uh, man, I don't know if we have time for all this. Uh... <laughs> wow! <laughs> my God! <laughs> Wait, did you add the wow after the laugh, Shippy? That's amazing. Yeah, it's God. so great. Full it's... asthma attack. Thanks to Troy, by the way, for cutting that up this morning. <laughs> Troy chopped all this up. Yeah, it was a lot of, dude, they like me. They like me a lot. I like you. Okay. And, um, you know, it got contentious with the station a couple years ago. They like you more than anyone's ever liked anything. <laughs> they got contentious with me a couple years ago on uh, Greg the Greg Hardy thing because they wanted to kill us for that. Um, but, like, in general, they like me. I don't know why. I, I really don't know why. Because you're I, sexy, dude. Um, but here's the next one. Uh, I guess there's more talking about Garrett. Yeah. What's maddening is your coach goes on your your show or whatever and does the whole, he didn't guarantee victory, but hey, we're going to win. You know? Right, right. Well, you asked Jason about it, and here's what Jason said. He goes, I'm just looking forward to Sunday night. Got a game <laughs> Sunday night. Great game. Well, it's like, would you say something that, like, makes us think that you're a genuine and real person? Like, at some point. <laughs> oh, I love geez. this. This is great. <laughs> now, in fairness, he has no idea what the what the pulse of the city is, and so as he's blown away by these really non shocking things that you're saying, he just doesn't understand yeah. the content. And it's again, Troy cut this up, but there's a point in there I think where I said, and your coach sniffs his own farts, and you know that's the wow. Doug Peterson way. Doug Peterson, who's three for ten on fourth downs, but somehow was called a genius two years ago. I mean, somehow what is the because, fart thing you're saying? He sniffs his own farts. <laughs> you know, he sniffs himself. Um, you know, I think Doug Peterson's a little cocky. Uh, nice guy though. I'm a big fan of Doug Peterson. I like him. He's uh, a, he's an engaging interview. You know, I think he makes interview. crazy decisions. You but... say it as if sniffing someone else's farts is like a more sophisticated way. Well, no, like a bounce off the Dak thing. Hey, he's sniffing himself a little bit. So he's <laughs> he's sniffing his fart a little bit, and he's gonna go for it on fourth down again. Like right. last week against the Vikings, they ran a fake field goal, and it did not work out well <laughs> for the Eagles. It didn't work out well. Yeah, he's also the guy that will he'll start burning timeouts when the other team has the ball and yeah. is in field goal range, thinking he's going to get it back and march down. Like he does crazy stuff. Yeah, uh, and then I guess here's the last cut. Well, there's some overlapping, more overlapping. Is it reciprocal? Have we now emerged as the team in the division that Dallas hates the most? Oh yeah, yeah. Right now, I mean, I think it it, it goes around like right. It, it was the Giants a few years ago, you know. It, it's it changed, especially when you guys somehow won that Super Bowl. I'll I'll never know. I'll never know how. <laughs> All right, what was he on delay? I mean, why why was why was there the long delay there? Was he just realized? Uh, I, why was that so funny? I do think this. Because, you know, people start talking about fake laughter. I think he's genuinely amused. I don't think he can oh. just generate that type of fake laughter like so that. So I think they don't have that many entertaining phone calls in right. Philadelphia because a guy uh, tweeted me um, and he said, hey, uh, all Philly sports listener, uh, your sports radio listener, uh, that was a legendary call. 
And I retweeted him. I said, "Legendary." This is. I mean, the all we did was talk about the talk show host in Dallas. <laughs> all we did is talk about the same crap we talk about all day. I can't do it. Ain't do anything different. Can you imagine if they tuned in for a four-hour show? Their brain would just bleed everywhere out of shock. But, yeah, you know, they go do Flyers talk up there and stuff. Like oh. they do hockey and stuff oh, as well. Wow. But it's mainly Eagles. So did you do any, did you, were you combative? Did you do anything, but did you, I mean, it was, you pretty much just agreed with them on everything. Yeah. You know, at this That's point, why they love you. Well, so I ended it in a way that I, I saved I said, uh, they, uh, thank you very much for having you on. They did the whole thing. And then uh, I said, yes, awesome. Thanks for having me. Um, I know our stations uh, both got crossways a couple years ago. And I think it's great that I can come on your show and that we can have civil discourse about the Cowboys beating your ass this week. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, nice what way. is civil discourse? Yeah, I don't think he knew what that was. So you stuck the landing. I stuck the landing. You know what? Show. I'll give you credit for it, too. He desperately wanted you to say that all we care about here is the Eagles. Yeah. And you were like, nah. nah it's hmm. kind of the Giants. Kind of rotates around. <laughs> I mean, it's like we really don't care. Um, you know, that's why I, I didn't I didn't want to play into the because I'm I'll probably go on with them later in the season, right? Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to play into the you're worried about the Eagles vibe, right? Because I was making fun of them. I was like, man, uh, we should just all start tanking or something. They're both three and three and in first place. You're we're in like, first place. You weren't going to entertain what they their agenda. No, you were just like the Cowboys issues are more. Cowboy issues, not eagle issues. Yeah, they they wanted you. They wanted me to go down a trail of killing the Cowboys and at some point praising the Eagles, and it just didn't seem like that was a good thing to do since everyone's three and three and again in first place. Sunday. Damn Eagles! Can you please one up the freaking Cowboys for your boy? That was a quote. <laughs> that was a tweet from some someone. All right, years back. Speaking of trashing the Cowboys, let's get into folks trashing Garrett. What is his value? A big discussion broke out on the station. And we will get to that next, right here on the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. Dean Blandino joins us in 16 minutes, right here on the Ben and Dean Blandino! Ben does that four or five times whenever we have Dean Blandino on, so he will do it once again. Uh, listen All to this right. tweet, boys, from one Dane Brugler. That's not his name. Nick Bosa is averaging a pressure every 9.35 snaps. That's a crazy rate and easily ranks number one in the NFL amongst players with 150-plus snaps. Here's the list. Bosa, 9.35. And then Khalil Mack is number two, 11.19. You have a tie at 13.67, Marcus Davenport and Brian Sick Burns. And then number five on that list, Robert Quinn, 13.71. He is getting a quarterback pressure every almost four, less than 14 snaps. He's all over it, and yet there's not near enough pressure. And so you are just, the other guys on the line are not stepping up because for that one guy to be doing it at such a high rate, that means that teams are thinking about it and dealing with it. It should open up opportunities for other guys to eat, and it's just not happening yet. All right, let's talk about the Jason Garrett situation, boys. It's been a hot topic of conversation on the station this week specifically. We go through the ebbs and flows of a season, and, dude, it's always a topic. It's been a topic for years now. But it's kind of taken on a new tone with this idea of what does Garrett do? What's the point of having him? Is he putting the clamps on Kellen Moore? Uh, is he? Does he want to continue being here? All of these different kinds of parts of the conversation. And 
that was really Ben. That was about eighty percent of what we talked about with Jerry Jones yesterday. Yeah, and I, uh, I think, yeah, because we had golly, yeah, we had ten questions, and it was easily uh, the majority of them were about Jason Garrett, right? You know, I, I think Kellen Moore is getting a little bit of a free pass in all this as uh, things are things were looking good in the first three weeks and he was the boy wonder and now things aren't looking good and it's oh Garrett must have snuck back in there and there's even conversations I hear him on the radio about well is Garrett's mouth moving before the play calls he calling he's not calling plays and I thought he was yawning before plays I talked to somebody very much in the know of how these things go and they were a little critical of Kellen Moore just saying hey he's just going through some growing pains here but ultimately I think more than anything the Cowboys' offense is is fine. You know, they, they've they've had some inopportune fumbles. Those yep. fumbles crushed them. Yep. And now they're dealing with massive injuries. And we sit here and we talk about the offense, the offense, the offense, the offense. And going into that last week's game, they were the number one offense in the league. Yet we still talk about the offense more than anything. The defense is the problem. Right. The defense is the problem, and it's the defensive tackles. It's the linebackers. It's not getting pressure, and it's the same old thing, not getting turnovers. But the offense is good enough to win a Super Bowl right now, even with its flaws. I totally agree. And it really, it's just going to come down to health. And the reason why, for example, the Saints' loss is so frustrating is because they should have won the game. And then in the NFL, there's only 16 of these things. So when you blow opportunities, well, then a week later, you're missing your tackles, for example. Like, that's just the way an NFL season goes. When the Eagles were piling up all these injuries at the beginning of the season, it was, well, man, they uh, you better build the, the gap now because they have an easy schedule down the stretch and their guys are eventually going to get healthy. That's the ebb and flow of a season. We're sitting here talking about, look at all these unwinnable games. Well, if you go into that game and their quarterback's hurt, it's a totally different ball game. You never know from week to week how injuries are going to impact the dynamic of the season. So when you're there and you have a chance to win, you can't blow it. You can't have two fumbles at midfield when you're playing the Saints. Saints didn't even score a touchdown in that game. They didn't even score a touchdown. Or you're playing the Packers, can't have all those interceptions when Aaron Rodgers doesn't even have to use his wide receivers. Oh, and by the way, he doesn't have any. Like Those are games that you need to take care of business. And so the Cowboys haven't been able to take care of business, and so now everything seems more daunting. And so now the conversation that happens annually about Garrett is now happening before we get to Halloween because of fiddle farting around early in the season, and now everyone looks at it like it's the end of the world. I I do agree. The defense is what we need to be focusing in on because the offensive injuries, and by the way, Travis not at practice today due to personal reasons. So Joe Looney, your center at practice today, Knight and uh, Fleming are your tackles. Uh, Jeff Swim, like, do you want to get in on this? Bro? It feels like Cooper won't play. I, I I tend to start looking at like long longer term tendencies, and there's a few things that I in the Jason Garrett era or the recent Jason Garrett era that come to mind. One of those things is not being able to win games when you're missing some key players. And I'm going to throw it on the offensive side and the defensive side. We saw what happens when Tyron doesn't play. We know that it's going to be tough to replace. We saw the defense. We felt the world was collapsing every time Sean Lee would miss a game. Right. You know, back in the day. Right. And that was something that you have to get over because everyone deals with it and everyone finds a way to get through it. And that's been a problem. I mean, I'm not saying those are those are just a few examples. You can look, you know, all across the roster, and I'm sure they've won games missing good players. But that's something that I think is very. Uh, is 
I guess it's disturbing about the Jason Garrett era is the the inability to really uh, hold down the fort when big big time players get hurt. Well, earlier today I was listening to this conversation uh, that broke out on Sean and RJ, and the idea was would Jason Garrett be coveted as a head coaching candidate? And let's just Jerry's word wasn't coveted though. Jerry's word was would he be sought? He said after? sought after. So would would Jason Garrett be sought after? Coveted is what drew me off sides. The idea that Jason Garrett would be coveted. I'm like, for what reason? Coveted would mean, oh my God, five teams want him. He's available. Now he goes and chooses what team he wants. It's the Jason Garrett sweepstakes. I can't see that happening. Um, you know, it's the same thing if uh if there's a if there's a bad head coaching candidate and one team would hire him, then okay, he's sought after by one team. So we're really semantics. Now would Jason Garrett, like if it was me, like we have vast knowledge of the situation here. So if I was running another organization with what I know about Jason Garrett, you would bring Jason Garrett in because of the things he does well. He's really good with the process. He's really good at making guys buy in. The Nick Saban, let's show up every day, do your job. Guys buy in. Uh, to this point, nobody's quit on Jason Garrett. He's really good. He shines in moments of adversity. He's an incredible human being with tremendous character. Um, he's a leader, but he's not a dynamic personality. He's not a game day manager. He's not really going to help you on game day. He's not going to run your offense. He's not going to run your defense. So he's really the process guy through the week. A team that would need Jason Garrett would already need to have a really good defensive coordinator and a really good offensive coordinator because Garrett's not going to help you in either of those capacities. And so it would be a team that has a good offensive coordinator, a good defensive coordinator, and neither one of them is ready to be promoted to head coach. And neither one of them are good enough that another team would seek to steal them so they don't have to promote them to head coach to keep them in the organization. So knowing what I know about Garrett, it would be a real hard fit to find a team that just needed a guy to handle the process during the week. And he was so good at that that you're willing to have, okay, he's not very good on game day, but he's so good during the week, it's worth it. We're so organized. It would be a really hard fit to find that. The idea that he would be sought after, okay, there's a lot of terrible coaches in the league. So if you want to get into the semantics of would Jason Garrett ever be able to be a head coach again, I'm look, Jim Tom Sula had a job. Somebody, somebody would hire Garrett at some point. I, for one, do not believe there would be a massive Jason Garrett sweepstakes the minute he was available. I think Jason Garrett will be a head coach next year, not here. I think he'll be a head coach next year for the reason that Jerry Jones says when he comes on the air here. Jerry Jones says, man, you should hear Jason tell us how uh, the reasons they lost. It's stunning. Jason Garrett's going to go into a meeting, and he's going to go into a meeting to interview for that job, and he's going to wow them. And for all the things that Ben just brought up, he's going to say, you guys don't realize how hard it is to coach in Dallas with Jerry and Steven making every decision. And then he's going to point to his offensive numbers when he was an offensive coordinator and Romo was the quarterback. Mm -hmm. And then he's going to say, there have been 183 coaches in the history of the NFL that have coached 50 games or more. He has a better winning percentage than of those 183, 133 of them. He's in the top third in the history of the NFL in winning percentages for coaches yeah. over 50 games. So we can talk about all the things that we talk about on the air that drive us crazy about Garrett. You guys know how I feel about Garrett. Mm -hmm. He would have been my coach three years ago. I can't have a coach that doesn't know how to use his timeouts personally. Yeah. But he's going to go in there and he's going to interview the balls off of that thing. This is a league 
in which Vic Fangio got the head job in Denver out of after being turned around turned down about what five times. The, Vic Fangio's been a candidate for a decade or whatever, and finally is like, well, we're out of guys. Freddie Kitchens is, is in Cleveland. Jason Garrett, there's going to be six or seven head coaching jobs, and Jason Garrett's going to go interview incredibly well. And he's going to get a job. I don't think he'll be coveted, but I think there's a good chance that a job falls in his lap because that's what happened to Adam Gase when they wanted Matt Rule and Cliff Kingsbury. Okay, that's what happened. If you remember the story of the Packers coaching search, they interviewed ten guys, and on the flight home after the Lafleur interview, they went, "Yeah, I guess." Uh, no Sean McVay. So okay, the Bengals once they decided to finally get rid of Marvin Lewis. They got Zach Taylor because he knew Sean McVay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all those little things like that. Uh, the Fangio thing's a good example, I think. And I'm thinking about all the jobs that are open. One that would make a lot of sense, I think, Atlanta. There's Cowboys front office ties to Atlanta. I think Atlanta could make sense for him to be the walk-around head coach. About San Diego. They have their own San Diego. San Diego. Jacksonville. Well, L.A. now. That owner of the Chargers is going to ask Jerry Jones. They're tight. He helped them get yeah. that stadium. He's going to ask Jerry Jones about him, and Jerry Jones is going to say, that guy's going to turn your organization around. I wanted to keep him forever, but we just couldn't do it anymore. He's going to have a job next year. If he wants it, he will have a job, I think. That's pretty pathetic for the league, too, if that's the case. I don't I don't know one thing that he necessarily does well outside of he's organized and he's a good dude. It's crazy. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.